Praise God. What, a, what an amazing God we serve. Did you know that God cares about your life? He cares about what's going on in your life. And, and not only that, he wants to help move your life forward. And he wants us to be comfortable in what he's doing. He wants us to relax in what he's doing. And that, that, for me, that's been a hard thing for years. I've, I've not been one to just relax and say, okay, God, you know, I'm always trying to push things forward and uh, always trying to make, make things happen. Praise God. And, you know, men, men brother Rob, I, Pastor Rob, just stand up. Come here. I want you to notice this. Holy Spirit just talks to us. I want you to look, look at our outfits. Isn't that something? Holy Spirit just talks to us. Even the same color shoes, you know, just... We are, we are pastors in tune. I told him we was laughing about it, you know, and high-fiving and stuff. And, and, and Rob, Rob, you know, said, you know, most women would be offended if somebody showed up dressed just like him. But, but we, we kind of think, it's, you know, we think it's neat and all that kind of stuff. But God cares about you, and he cares about your life, and he cares about what's happening in your life. And a lot of times we've got to embrace now, right now. You know, I've, God's, I've had a prophetic gift for years. And so the problem with that is a lot of times you're, you live in places that you're physically not. And that can be very frustrating because you're seeing things that God wants, wants to do but you're not there. You're not, you're not able to get, and sometimes that's years in advance, and, and that, is, that is really difficult uh, to deal with. And so I've always been a nervous person, so to me it's like, okay, God, you said it now. You know, let's, let's do it. Go, you know, woo, and all that kind of stuff. And, God, and God's saying, just, just calm down. And, uh, but he's, he's got a plan and, and a purpose and I heard this statement, I believe I made this statement last Sunday, is that most of us deal with what uh, is called the, the, uh, the disappointment gap. We, we know where we believe or we think our life should have been. And we look at, you know, I should have had this by now, and I should have been this, and I should have, my life should have went this way, and, and we're, we've got this image of what success is, and we've got this image of what our life should be, and most people feel this constant disappointment because they think they should have been there when they're here, and I talked about this last Sunday, I'm pretty sure, and, and so the disappointment will cause you to not move forward. Because when you become disappointed, you, you get an offended spirit and you stop hearing what God's saying and you stop being productive where you're at. And the worst thing we can do is stop being productive where we're at. We've got to continue to be productive. And not only that, we have to stop and say, God, is this idea that I have in my mind of where I should be, is that you or is this something that's been put into my head by society, by the society I live in? And, you know, a lot of people around the world, don't, they, they don't suffer with this thing that Americans suffer with because if they survive today, they have accomplished the goal. 
we as Americans, we're always living, you know, we're supposed to be here. We're supposed to have this. We're supposed to be doing this. And we're always, we're always living in this, this image, this fantasy of what society says that it is uh, to be successful. You know, a lot of, lot, of, lot of women today struggle with being mothers because society says you should be this, this powerful, in-control woman that's running a business. That, that's society. That doesn't mean you have to be there. You know, a lot of men can't be happy with, with the job or the place that they're at because they have this image of what, what to be successful would actually be like, the kind of car they should drive, the kind of home they should be living in. And so this disappointment thing is really eating at the heart and soul of God's people because the Bible says that godliness with contentment is great gain. And to be content is, is, is an elusive thing for us. To actually be content because we are, we are a, 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 a move-on society. I mean, we're always moving forward. We're always going somewhere. We're always doing something, you know? If, if a stay-at-home mom is asked what they do and, and they say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a stay-at-home mom, they always feel like that's somehow a, a degrading to them when it's one of the most challenging jobs that there is. When you become a grandparent, you start saying, how did we do this? We can keep our grandkids one night and me and Sister Betty, when they leave, we're just kind of just like, you know, and we think how, you know, you have to be young to have kids. It's, it's, it's you know, just has to happen that way because it takes so much energy, and they are nonstop energy. And so we, <laughs> we have to learn to understand what our assignment is. If we could just grab hold of our assignment, you, I'm just, I'm just talk, I just want to talk to you a minute, okay? If we just grab hold of our assignment, what is my assignment in life? What is it that I'm supposed to be doing? What is my assignment? Whenever we are able to grab hold of that and be content with that, then all of a sudden our life begins to become full. How does it become full? Because we reduce the size of our expectations to what we should really have instead of what we think we should have. What society says that we should have. Amen. Just, just some good insight. Because if we're not careful, we're constantly driving for that thing that will make us feel significant and we miss the significance that we could have been walking in our whole life because we're always searching for that, th that one thing. And the problem is when you get that one thing that you thought would make you feel significant, all you feel is lonely and empty because it doesn't satisfy. Amen. Praise God. Turn with the book of Hebrews chapter 10. Book of Hebrews chapter 10. We've been looking at this for a couple of weeks. Verse 19 says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness 
to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Thank God for we have entrance. By a new and living way which, is, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Now, he is making reference to a spiritual condition that the priest had to go through physically to be washed, to be clothed just right, the linens, the you know, all the stuff that the priest had to go through in order to enter the holiest place. And he's talking about the fact that Jesus Christ has supplied that for us. And in verse 23, it says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, what we talked about last week. Now listen, for he who promised is faithful. For he who promised is faithful. Amen. A lot of us would say that I believe that. And yet, our daily lives do not confirm that we believe that. Yeah. Because we, we still worry. We, we still fret. We still try to make things happen that we've given to God. And we say, okay, God, I'm giving this to you. Now, this is what I believe should happen. You know? God, why is it not happening? I gave it to you. Think about that statement. Why, God, why aren't you doing something? I gave this to you. Why aren't you doing something about it? And in fact, we're saying, God, I, I allowed you to do this for me. Instead of, God, it's up to you. Wow. Boy, I just got convicted. <laughs> for he who promised is faithful. Now, the promises of God, the Bible says, are yes and amen. When he makes a promise, it is yes and amen. And the, the very declaration of the Word of God is to us. And we have to, we have to learn how to grab hold of the Word. We have to, number one, we've got to learn to hear. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Most of us don't practice hearing. Amen. We practice talking, but we don't practice hearing. It's a good practice to actually listen and hear what's going on. Most of us are always formulating our responses. We're not actually listening to what's being said. In, in, in marriage uh, relationship classes that we teach and 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 you know, taking people through marriage uh, counseling. We always talk about learning to actually listen. We tell them, say, look, you're not allowed to respond as soon as the other person gets through speaking. You have to give, you have to give a time. You have to be patient and actually hear what's being said before you give a response. That is actually very difficult to do, especially when it's something you feel strongly about. Or you've got to, you, you know, you, you feel like you know what's right and, and the other person just, you know, um, I saw a t-shirt the other day said, I'm not arguing, I'm just trying to help you understand why I'm right. You know, we, we, we don't practice hearing and listen. And in the, in the spirit and in the word of God, this is something that we've got to start practicing. You've got to stop and say, okay, God, 
I'm going to try to hear. I'm going to try to listen to what you're saying. And when we're reading the Bible, our, our brains don't like to shut off. When we're praying, our brains don't like to shut off. Everything runs through our mind. When you take time to stop and pray, your brain becomes active. And it start, all kinds of scenarios start running through your mind, and all kinds of things start running through your mind. And you'll find yourself praying, and, and your mouth is moving, words are coming out, but your brain is off somewhere else. Am I the only one ever experienced that? And your brain doesn't like to stop. In other words, your brain doesn't want to stop and listen. Your brain wants to, wants to formulate. Your brain wants to, wants to uh, come up with the answer, or just, it just runs wild. You know, our, our thoughts will run wild if, we, if we're not careful. But to actually stop and listen to what's being said and listen to what's going on. And a lot of times when you hear two people discussing something, you realize that both of them are on the same track, but they're using different semantics. And therefore, they, they, they're not coming to the same conclusion because they're not actually listening and processing what the other person's saying. Now, as, as I've taught before, everybody has a different way of processing information. And so you've got to learn how the other person processes information. If you're going to talk to somebody, you've got to figure out how they process information. Are, are they streaming video? You know, the kind that has got it before you get, get it out of your mouth. They've already processed it. they got an answer. And they're wondering why you're still talking about it because they've already, they've already come to the conclusion, got it gone. Let's get on to the next thing. You know, I've, I've got some grandchildren like that. I've got, a, I've got a little granddaughter, about two years old, that before I can get a question out of my mouth, she's already answered me. And it's like, Really? I'm going to have to deal with this the rest of my life. She got it from her mother. Natalie, my daughter-in-law, by first, I got two daughters. I just saw the second one walk, look in here. Where'd she go? Amen. She's in kids' church. Never, never had any daughters until now. Now I got, I got two daughters, thanks to my sons. And I've got two granddaughters. And the world has become confusing and strange. <laughs> I've always had boys around. Sister Betty's always lived in a male world. And now I have these daughters and these granddaughters. And, and so I'm constantly trying to understand what's going on, you know, what, what's actually happening here. And, and so it's, 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 a, it's a challenge. But I have to understand how they communicate and how they process information. Now, God can process anything you throw at him. It doesn't matter what your way of, of communicating is or what your way of processing information, God's got it. He, he's going to be able to, so, so talk to him the way you process information, okay? Some people are pause and ponder. You, 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 you say things, and when somebody says something to you, you don't respond immediately because you pause. And, and you have to think about it. And sometimes you want to give it a day before you respond. And that drives other people crazy out of their mind, especially streaming video people. You know, they, they, my, my daughter-in-law, when I first met her, uh, Natalie, somebody would be trying to explain something to her, and I'd see her hand doing like this. And I asked her what that was. She said, I, she said, I, I want him to quit talking because I've already got it. <laughs> Let's get on with it. You know, very impatient. You know, she's, she's got one of those brains that fires like, like an automatic machine gun. 
You can never trap her. She's always got to come back. She's always, she's always ahead of you. Well, my son is a pause and ponder type person, my oldest boy. I mean, when you give him, when you tell him something, he likes to think about it. And he's going to take his time thinking about it. And if you push him for an answer, you're probably going to get an agitated answer because he don't like being pushed when he's, when he's making up his mind. And so he's a pause and ponder person. And so, you know, that just really uh, was, was uh, um, dynamic when they first got married. And I finally, I, I finally had to explain to my daughter-in-law, say, look, I know you just want to speed talk like you speed read. But I said, if, you're gonna, if you want to communicate with him, you're going to have to stop, give him information, and walk away. Just walk away. And don't come back in two seconds and say, have you made up your mind? Let him come to you and tell you when he's made up his mind. And that was that was a real, real challenge for But some people pause and ponder. And then there's other people that, that are, have a box mentality. They process information by assembling it in order. It has to be perfectly assembled in their mind before they can really understand what's going on. They have to put the conversation in a diagram and one, two, three, four, five. If you, if you give them one, four, three, two, they're still back at one. You're not going to get any further with them because they're still back at one. And you're going to have to go all the way back to one and start over again because they're still there. You might be at five. They're still at one. And so you're going to have to stop and you're going to have to give them the information one, two, three, four, five because that's how their brain works. That's how they process information. So communication is, is a listening skill, okay? When God speaks to you, he understands that. He understands communication. And he understands how to communicate with you. He understands how to give you information. And he understands how to, how to get it across to you. If you're praying about something or if you're reading the Word, you need to allow God to speak to you and you need to practice listening so that you can actually hear what's being said. Because if you can't hear the word and hear what the Spirit of God's saying, the promises are going to be hard to grab hold of and hard to come by. Because you've got to get it. You've got to possess the promise in your heart. You've got to hear the promise. You've got to hear the word in a way that you can actually grab hold of it and process that information. And God will let you process that information. Amen. For me, he speaks in statements because that's how I like to communicate. God just gives me statements. And, and so I can process statements. You know, I, I, a lot of technology I really dislike, but I got to the place where I really got to where I like texting because I can communicate in statements the way my brain processes. I don't have to do small talk, how you doing today, you know, you know, and all that kind of stuff. I can just put the statement out there. Woo, that was good, you know? And people can reply back to me in statements. And so that's how God speaks to me. He gives me statements because he understands how I process information. I like, you know, there was a show uh, years and years ago, I can't even remember the name of it, back years ago, uh, where the detective always said, just the facts, ma'am. Some of y'all remember that? I, I don't know what the name of it was. Dragnet. 
But I always remembered, I heard that. I never watched one of the shows, but I heard that somewhere. And, and the guy would, guy would say, just the facts, ma'am, or just the facts, sir. And, you know, that's, that's the way I, I like to communicate. And so when I'm com communicating with somebody and I open up a text and it's a book, I immediately go, oh, you know, I, I read them. I do. I read them. I process them. But when I start scrolling and it's just like, it's like I want to look down inside the phone and see how, how long, how far this thing goes, you know. Because that's how I, Sister Betty had to get used to that. When we first got married, I, 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 I had to learn how to communicate better because I, said, I made statements, and that was our communication. And she'd want to talk about something, and I would make a statement, and I was done. And she would still be talking about it, and my response was, I, I told you what I thought. Why are we still talking about this? You know? I made a statement. I divulged my innermost feelings in that, st <laughs> in that statement. I had to learn how to communicate. I had to learn how to talk and, um, and how to understand the process of communication. Now, hearing, if you're going to get the promise, he who promised is faithful. I believe that. But I don't always hear what I need to hear in order to receive the promise. I, I can't remember where it's at. The script, there's a scripture that says uh, that you, you have need of patience after you have believed that you, might, that you can receive the promise. Sometimes we, we pray and we say, I know God hears my prayers, but we're not real sure that God heard us because we're having a hard time hearing him, hearing what he said. And to learn to practice, practice hearing in your spirit what the Holy Spirit is saying. I've, I've tried to do that for years, but lately I have, I have amped that up. I mean, I've, I've got to the point where, where I'm constantly trying to hear different parts of a conversation and try to hear what the Spirit's saying about that conversation. Now, y'all might not do that, but I, I do. And, and, and then I judge. Then I, I wait to hear the information to see if I got it right, see if I was hearing good, hearing right. And, and right now, I'm not batting real good. But I'm getting close. A lot of times I'll say, oh, man, I missed that by a million miles, you know. I, didn't, I wasn't listening. I wasn't hearing good. Because our thoughts, we have, to, we have to discern what is my thoughts and what is the Holy Spirit actually saying. Because our thoughts love to incorporate with anything God's doing. We like to get in there and mix it up and, and, and add our two cents to everything. And, and so a lot of times we, we get it wrong. We mess it up because we're, we're hearing the thoughts in our own head instead of hearing what's being said. Amen. So often, that's, that's communication with each other. We're, we're not listening to what's being said. We're hearing the thoughts in our own head. We, we're, we're in our head. I've used this more lately than ever before. I've told people, get out of your head. Get out here. You know, quit, quit, quit getting lost in your own head, in your own thoughts. Get out here. Live out here, you know. Engage what's out here. Don't get lost inside of your head because you, that's, a, that's a jungle you can never, never chop your way out of. Amen. You don't always want to get 
in, in, in your head. You know, someone said about that on a trip one time, and, and Damon Salisbury, he said, he said, I don't ever want to get in your head. It's a scary place. <laughs> I said, you have no idea, buddy. But we, we get trapped inside, and we can't hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us because our own thoughts are drowning out the voice of God. Now, if we're going to believe that he who promises faithful, we're going to have to start hearing the promises in the Word of God and in our spirit to where we can grab hold of them and possess them and own them. Amen. He promised. If we, if we know what the Word says. But a lot of us have a philosophy about the promises of God without really knowing the promises of God. Your philosophy has been determined by your experiences, what other people said, what you've heard, and, and, and what you've said yourself. And so you haven't got a pure understanding of what the Word of God says and the promises that have been made. And if we, if we don't understand that, if we don't understand the promises, then we're going to try to believe God for things that's not going to happen because we, we, we've missed it. You know, in the book of James, it says, it says that uh, because of our own lust, we're, we're, you know, we, we don't get it because we want it's, to, it's just our own lust that's, that's wanting to uh, have this thing or we're going after something that actually wouldn't be good for you. And we're not listening what the Holy Spirit's saying. To actually open our ears and listen means that you've got to hear, and then you've got to, you've got to look for it. You've got to wait for it. You've got, to, you've got to seize it in your spirit and in your heart. You know, I've, I've, I've saw a lot of people that were sick grab hold of, begin to confess the Word of God, by His stripes I'm healed, by His stripes. They repeat that over and over and over. You know why we repeat it over and over and over? Because we haven't possessed it yet. We're still trying to convince ourselves, but we haven't, we haven't took the time to actually pray over that word and, and meditate on that word and let the Holy Spirit just literally in, infuse it into our very being. And so we're still trying to believe that it's true, and we're still trying to convince our mind that it's true, and we believe God will do it for other people, but he, we have a hard time believing it'll do it for me because we know us. We don't know other people. You know, I've had so many people tell me I can have faith for other people. I have trouble having faith for myself. You know why? Because you don't know that what's going on in their head, but you know what's going on in your head, and you don't think you qualify. You don't think that you deserve this promise. You don't think that God can heal you because you, you, you have already judged yourself as being, being uneligible for this thing to happen. And that's where you miss, miss it because the grace that you're believing God can have on somebody else, you need to apply to yourself. You got to learn to have grace. It's not about you. It's about the power of Jesus Christ. It's about the blood that was shed. It's about what his word said. It's about the fact that he can overcome your inabilities to show his ability. And we've got to believe that. Most of the time, we look to God's ability through our inabilities. We've got to just throw them down. It's not about your inabilities. It's about his ability. It's about really coming in contact with the fact that he said it, and I believe he's going to do it. Amen. 
There have been so many times that I've had to just simply stand in that, not knowing how this was going to work out, but I knew that it was going to work out because God said that it was going to work out. And just being able to hear, I come home yesterday and shared with, with Betty that this this really excited me because I don't you know you'd think that after so many years that I wouldn't get excited about this stuff but it really excited me because it, it was different it it just it you know it was like wow you know I actually I actually got it right I heard and I got home yesterday and found out uh, my mom and dad needed needed propane they were at one of the, a little uh, wall heater that they got that helps on these cold nights and stuff in the cold helps heat their house. And, and they were out of propane, and I'd been gone for a couple of days, or I would have had it already, and I forgot about it. And so when, when, we, when I got back, and, got, and it was Saturday afternoon, very few places open on Saturday afternoon. But I went ahead and loaded that, that uh, tank in the back of my pickup anyway, and I thought, you know, I'm going I'm to just go try. Maybe I'll, and, and I knew of a tool rental company that had uh, that filled propane bottles and I thought well maybe on Saturday they're open because a tool rental company you know maybe they and so I, I went to Ozark and went to that place I went to several different places every place I knew of that had propane everybody was closed and so I was leaving Ozark getting ready to head south and I said Holy Spirit I really need to get some propane I don't know how but I need to get some propane just like if you was talk, talking to me, I heard in my spirit, go to Affordable Propane in Highlandville, you'll catch the driver just as he's leaving. Well, I thought, they don't even, you know, they're not even open on Saturdays. And so I hit double E, cut across there, got to Highlandville, went across the intersection, drove into the, into the driveway that goes, goes to this Affordable Propane Company, I'm driving down the road, and just as I'm driving down the road, I see the backup lights come on on a pickup, and, and he backs up, and I pull up beside him. He rolls his window down, and I said, any way you can fill this propane tank up for me? And he grinned, and he said, I guess. And so he filled it up for me. Exactly what I'd heard. I mean, exactly. He said, he said go to Affordable Propane in Highlandville, and you'll catch the driver just as he's leaving. And I caught the driver just as he was leaving. And he was heading to Topeka, Kansas. Matter of fact, he had drove from Topeka, Kansas down here yesterday to run a couple of routes, people that needed propane, and he was heading back to Topeka, Kansas. Why he drove, you know, I don't know, understand all that. But it just so happened, you know, it just so happened. And after I left there, I went home saying, that just happened. That, that just happened. You know? If, if, if he hadn't have said that, I wouldn't have thought to go over there because everything was closed that I checked. It was, you know, it was just going to have to wait. But I got, I got what I wanted and what I needed because, not because I was believing his promises, because I actually was, was able to hear the fulfillment of his promise. And so many of us believe for the promise, but we can't hear the fulfillment. We don't listen for the instructions of the promise. And if we can't hear the instructions of the promise, we oftentimes miss the provision because we were supposed to do something that we didn't hear. Amen. 
We can't hear good. You know, one of the things about getting older is, is standing in different rooms of the house and yelling at each other saying, what? That's what I'm constantly doing. Sister Betty, Sister Betty's got this soft voice. And so I'll hear, I'll hear her saying something, and it's like, and I'll walk, I'll, I'll walk to where she's at, and I'll say, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Too many years of using power tools. But if we're that way with God, if God's speaking to us, and we hear a noise, but we can't make it out, what good is it going to do us? You know? We say, I, I believe God wants to do something, but do we know what he wants to do? He who promised is faithful. Well, if we really believe that, now, now you, you've, if, you, if you say you believe that, you need to believe it. Some of, the, some of the neurological science that I've been studying says that if you constantly say you believe something, but know in your heart you do not believe that, you actually cause brain damage. You short-circuit your ability to build neurons, neurological connections. Because you say you believe it, but you don't possess it. You don't really believe it. And so you actually are damaging your brain by doing that. You know, it's like the in the... In the 70s, the charismatic movement come out real strong when it's name it and claim it, you know, profess, professing. I, I believe in positive confession. I believe that. But I don't, I don't believe in, in lying. You know, they, they, they went so far as if, if they, they, could be, they could be so sick they couldn't walk and somebody saying, you feel okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Well, that's, that's actually not productive. That's not faith. That's that's saying that nothing exists. What you've got to learn to do is declare what the promise says and say this sickness has to go. I'm healed in Jesus' name. But don't, don't tell people, yeah, I'm fine. Say, no, I'm not feeling good. Pray for me. Amen. If you just tell everybody what's going on, they'll quit asking you that. How you doing? Well, I've got, <laughs> I've got this pain in my back. You know, they'll, they'll quit asking you after a while. <laughs> People ask me all the time, how you doing? I'll say, I think I'm fine. Yeah, I think I'm all right. Because, you know, that's the most honest answer I can give them. And if, if I'm not, I'll, I'll tell them, I'll say, it's getting better. Amen. Going to get better. But we've got we've to really believe this. Do you believe that God is faithful? Do you believe that he's actually, the promises that he's made, that he's actually able to do this? To be in a situation where you have no alternative, but God has to send an answer is a precarious situation. And we feel like that it's a very dangerous situation because we can't do anything about it. And yet if we really believe that he who promises faithful, we would feel more secure and safe than if we were in charge. Amen. Praise God. Come on, listen to me. Some of y'all need to turn your ears back on. You're glazing over on me. It's 1130. It's still, it's still early. 
Amen. It's still early. Okay? You already had donuts and coffee. You're not hungry. Unless that sugar's kicking in. <laughs> but he who promised is faithful. If we believe that, that he's faithful, then we'll start believing for more things to happen. Amen. To believe that God is, is able. Do, how, many, how many believe today that God's not finished, that he's got some plans? I, I believe that. Amen. How many base that on what men are doing? No, we can't, we can't do that. The church needs to get off this thing of putting our hope in some person. The person we have hope in is in God, and he is making tremendous changes. We, we, are, we are seeing a revival take place across this nation. Aside from what the news is saying, we are seeing a revival take place. There's a revival. There's a move of God happening, happening in every ethnic group in this nation, and we're beginning to see that, and, and it's beginning to take hold. And no matter what, what the news says or no matter what, our, our, uh, what side you're on politically or whatever, you know, oh, you know the, it's doom and gloom or this person's happy and that person's sad. And, you know, I, that, that, whole, that whole thing, you know, just, just gets to me because I, I, I wonder what would happen if, if everything, if things turned around to really look bad, I wonder what the church would actually do. Would we just give up? Would we run and hide? Would we, would we quit preaching the gospel? Would we quit believing God? What are we going to actually do? If we're listening today, we're going to rise up and say, God, I want to be a part of what you're doing right now because I know that you're doing something and I know that we are getting ready to take another step forward and, and there's a powerful move of the Spirit coming to this nation, not only around the world, but to this nation. Amen. We believe what God says. Amen. We believe what God says. And we believe that God's Word is true. When they, when they sent me an email and told me that they were shutting down of all, all of our churches in Rwanda, it didn't, it didn't hurt my feelings. It didn't make me upset. I, I just said, God, you're the one built these. You're the one sent us there. You're the one that did this. And I believe that, that you're going to take care of your churches. And I told our leader over there, they passed these new laws. Y'all know what I'm talking about. They passed these new laws that the pastors had to, be, had to have degrees, which is fine, and, and that you know, the churches, we had to bring the churches up to the certain uh, standard according to structure and, and construction and, and stuff like that. We even had to go in and soundproof the inside of our church in Kigali City. That is really different for a country like that. I mean, they, they passed all these rules on churches that was going to cost a lot of money. But I told, I, I emailed Augustine back and I said, don't get upset because he was just devastated. Didn't understand, you know, how's this going, you know, and he was, the, the whole, they were all just devastated. And I emailed him back and I said, don't worry. When this is all said and done, we're going to have the most educated and beautiful churches in Rwanda. And that's exactly what's happening. Amen. Matter of fact, Augustine is, is getting his master's degree right now. 
Besides, besides teaching uh, 20, he's training 20 pastors in a Bible school. This church supports by itself and has been since the beginning of it. And every month we send the money and 20 pastors are being trained in the Word of God and it is transforming and changing villages, changing people, changing their lives. And, and Augustine is getting his master's degree right now, something he never dreamed he would ever have. And our churches are improving. We were able, God blessed us, where we were able to build, we've got one of the most beautiful churches in, in Gakali City now. I mean, it is beautiful. We got cobblestone, our par whatever you call it, it's not really a parking lot because very few people have cars. But this, the whole area out in front of our, our church, this big, huge area that was just number red clay, they, they said, you've got to pave all that. Well, what they mean by paving is, is cement blocks. You know, like we do our, you know, patios in back or some walkways or cobblestone streets. And, 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 you know, in a way, I think they thought they were passing such, such strict laws that we would have to shut the church down. But guess what? God always rises to the occasion. Why? Because he who promised is faithful. And now we've, the whole front of that church, that whole hillside has this beautiful paving all over. And the church is beautiful. We've got, we, we was able to do everything. And then they said, you've got to soundproof the inside of that church. And, and we, you know, that was going to Nobody ever heard of such a thing in, in Africa. But we were able to go in there, and, and we just finished. It is completely, has soundproofing all inside of the church, just like they wanted. We passed everything that they asked us to do, and the church is open. We built new bathrooms. We, we built everything they asked us to do in our churches, and we've only got a couple of churches now that haven't opened the doors. We have 20 churches, and they're all going strong, and many of the churches hasn't opened back up. Amen. And we have no backing other than this little congregation. And yet God has done it. He who promised is faithful because when God is involved in something, it's not our job to keep it going. It's God's job to keep it going. We're just part and we play a part and we just do our part, but we're in the hands of a faithful God that said, I promise and I will fulfill what I have promised. Hallelujah. Praise God. How many times have we, have we prayed here at this church for things that looked impossible, and yet we have seen it come to pass. We've seen it happen. And God has, has been faithful over and over and over, and he continues to be faithful, and he will, he will continue to be faithful. And when we start hearing, we've got to start hearing the word more clearly to where we hear the instruction of the promise so that we can get the promise a whole lot faster because God has to change it. He has, he has to... Uh, Renavigate, you know, like I said last week, that GPS. We're, God's constantly having, having to, what, what's that say? I don't use the GPS. Rerouting. You know, you go past the road and it says rerouting or something like that, and, and it just keeps repeating over and over and over. Rerouting, rerouting. Turn, make a U-turn, make a U-turn, make a U-turn. And, and that's what God has to do to us a lot of time. We, we miss the road, and God said, make a U-turn. You're rerouting, you make a return. And, and then after a while, it says new, new, uh, new direction. 
you know, finally finds a road you can go down to bring you back to where, where you were supposed to be. And how many times does God have to bring us back to where we we're supposed to be? Because our ears were not open to the instructions that we were supposed to be receiving so the promise could be given to us and we missed the promise because we couldn't hear the instruction. He who promises faithful. And if he's faithful, then we've got to start listening better. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, the simple little message this morning, but it's powerful. Because we, there, there's so much that God wants to do. There's so many things that God wants to fulfill. And he just needs people to start listening. Amen. He just needs people that will start listening. If we, can just, if we can just hear the instruction, maybe we can save ourselves a couple of years of planning time. Maybe we can launch forward just a little bit further. You know, maybe, maybe we can get there before we thought we could get there. But no matter what, if we're listening and we're trusting, then God's going to get us there. But for now, I want you to embrace where God's got you and be thankful and be productive so that he can get you to the next place. Until we're productive where we're at, we're not going to be able to move on to the next place. You know, when you're working for somebody, working for a boss, bosses don't promote you according to your wants. Bosses promote you according to what they see you accomplishing. They don't look at your potential. They look at your application. Are you applying yourself to what you've been given to do? You might have potential to be a leader or a manager, but you're not going to get there until you can apply yourself to the position you've been put in. And God does the same thing. Sometimes we waste a lot of time trying to get to the next place when God's saying, hey, you, you need to really be productive where you're at. I need to see your application because this next place will destroy you if you get there too quick. Amen. How many times have I seen people in jobs want push and want to be a manager for the status of being a manager and the pay? And then when they get there, they can't do it because you're managing people and and if you can't handle people you can't be a manager and and all of a sudden you know the whole thing of being a a manager is now the pain in their life because they wanted to pay and they wanted a position but they didn't want the responsibility and the work and and a lot of times they end up losing the job altogether because they wasn't ready We as children of God, God's put calls on our life. God's got things for us to do. And we need to just start applying ourselves where we're at. How many believe that? Amen. God is amazing. He has so much for us. But we just got to listen. Open our ears and listen. Listen.